Welcome to another episode of Italia Mia, sponsored by the Grand Lodge of New York and the Sons and Daughters of Italy in America. I'm Luisa Potenza, your host, and I'm so pleased to welcome to Italia Mia today, Mary Nakarato. She is the chair lady for the Gift of Sight. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good morning, Louisa. Yes, I'm so pleased to have you because I'm sure that many people out there are not aware of the Gift of Sight, which is really a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful arm of the organization. So today we're going to be talking about it. And I think it's going to be very educational for people out there who are so unaware of who we really are. We're a philosophical organization. We're the largest fraternal organization in the United States. But we do so many wonderful things. And Mary, we're going to discuss the gift of sight with you. Um, I, just want to, I just want to interject something. Your aspirations as a young woman, was to be a singer and a dancer. Am I correct? Uh, yes. Uh, when I was very young, I was dancing professionally, yes. Oh, and, my, and what led you? Now you are now an occupational therapist. What yes, led you I to that? The occupational therapy. Uh-huh. And what? Well, uh, early on, um, I always enjoyed dancing, and uh, they enrolled me in a professional dancing school. And I did some Broadway shows. I was on uh, some television shows. Oh, but my. Actually, I always wanted to be a therapist. Uh, but actually, I wrote that I wanted to be an occupational therapist when I was in the third grade, believe it or not. Really? So that was just something that I enjoyed as a hobby, but yeah. I knew that I was going to be in the medical field. Wonderful, wonderful. And here you are today with such a, actually, this is um, a humongous undertaking. How long have you been chair for the Gift of Sight? I've been chairperson for three years now. I've been part of it for about six or seven years. Uh-huh. And the Gift of Sight Committee is part of the foundation of the uh, New York State Order Sons and Daughters of Italy. We have several charities, and the Gift of Sight is one. All right. Tell us about the Gift of Sight, how it was created, actually, uh, and how long has it been in existence? It's been in ex ex existence for approximately 20 years, and um, it was created to uh, attempt to raise funds uh, for the blind and visually impaired population. And through the years, we have uh, been able to donate and uh, touch base with different organizations where we it's kind of grown uh, somewhat in the last four or five years. And, um, and we thoroughly enjoy it. Many of the members of the Sons of Italy, the different lodges, are part of the committee. And uh, we reach out to the communities to find out where there is a need for funding. Okay. And that's, uh, you know, pretty much how we attempt to reach the population. So actually, did the Sons of Italy actually initiate the gift of sight? Yes, a long time ago. Oh. And it's only in New York State. It isn't, uh, many of the charities are uh, part of the, the different states across the United States. The gift of sight is only New York based. All right. I was about to ask you, is it global? So apparently not. But no, it isn't. It uh -huh. isn't. 
Well, recently, I understand that the Sons of Italy donated, or rather, the Gitcha site donated tw- uh, a van worth $25,000. Yes, we did. Uh, we donated uh, 25000 to the Guide Dog Foundation, which is in Smithtown here on Long Island. And this uh, helped purchase a training van that will transport students, staff, and dogs throughout the community. Wonderful. We were very, very happy to do that. And uh, in the last couple of years, we've actually sponsored dogs there. Mm-hmm. For It's $6,000 to sponsor a dog, and we started this in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a puppy naming contest, so all the lodges contributed names. And uh, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, the first dog we named... Um, Aki. Which is eyes in Italian. Right. And last year, we chose the name Luce. Oh, lovely, lovely, which is light. And we had yeah. a lot of fun, and we're able to raise funds for that. Uh-huh. Uh, we only have one large fundraiser, and that's our annual luncheon, which unfortunately was canceled this year due to the uh, pandemic. I was going and to ask you. we also you. get some donations during our annual convention, which is at the end of May, which was also canceled. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Well, are you planning anything in, in its place? Since you cannot have the the yearly luncheon, is there well, anything uh, most people are doing? God, at the end of October, we are going to have a special um, large plenary under my husband. My husband is the New York State uh, president at this time, yes. Anthony. And uh, the lodges will be donating whatever they would have donated at the convention, but. Different lodges are doing smaller things. Unfortunately, many of them that have um, uh, buildings aren't able to, uh, you know, do anything special because of the regulations in reference to how many people they can have in the building. Uh-huh. So uh, this has just been through word of mouth, and I still uh, keep in touch with the different uh, programs that we reached out to, and hopefully we'll just keep these connections. Right. Uh, so nothing in particular has been um, organized for, the, for, you know, this mm-hmm. coming winter. And as you said, these children are from the Helen Keller Center. How many children actually uh, do you help? Well, for the Helen Keller Center, it's the Helen Keller uh, Camp Day, which we have every July, every year. And uh, last, this would have been our 11th year. And we have between 50 and 60 children attend the camp mm-hmm. and uh, with their counselors, and we offer them a day of fun. And it's our way of giving back to the community. We have bounce, a bouncy house, a petting zoo, a pony ride, trackless train, uh, a clown, magician. My husband actually does Italian trivia with the kids. Oh, they fun. have relay races, bocce ball. And uh, then for lunch, we give them pizza. And they always also ask for the garlic knots. That mm-hmm. is a must. And then at the end of the day, we offer them uh, uh, their treats. An ice cream truck comes, and they get their choice of ice cream. And uh, we've really enjoyed them. The children uh, continuously send us letters of thank you to the Sons of Italy. Uh, we have the event videotaped, and at the convention, the tape is shown, and my husband is the one that edits the tape. And, and then he, he adds Italian music at the background, which makes it very interesting. Oh, really? So and what, it's something we really love to do. The committee members love attending and helping out with this uh, event, but unfortunately, it takes place at Eisenhower Park here on Long Island. Mm-hmm. But um, again, because of the pandemic, that wasn't to be. Mm-hmm. And what is and the. We're looking forward to it next year. 
Yes. What is the age group of the children? Anywhere from like seven, eight years old into their teens. Mm-hmm. And they're all uh, visually impaired, if not totally blind, but also have other handicaps such as autism or cerebral palsy. Some of them have braces. So they're all different levels of disability. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's someone, if, if there is a uh, family out there listening, um, how would they go about enrolling their child in the Helen? The the particular camp is part of the Helen Keller Center, so they would have to participate within the Helen Keller schools. Uh, But there are, uh, I have a lot of different other things. For example, uh, we also are affiliated with Vision Center that has a place in uh, Manhattan, uh, we're now in in Westchester, and, and they have a camp upstate, and we've donated to them uh, for uh, to have two children attend the uh, a special campus for a week, and they get to go with their siblings and their parents. And there, the parents uh, get to attend lectures where they are able to uh, ch- exchange ideas with other parents that have mm-hmm. children that are visually limited. And then the um, their siblings learn how to cope a little bit better with a a, a brother or sister that is blind. Oh. So it's an educational experience for them. Right, right. And that's $2,500 each child, and that's through a vision center. I'm thinking... We also uh, donate. Sometimes we have people that have special needs, and they contact us. Uh, for example, we've donated glasses to a, a, a child who was about 10 months old that needed special glasses that were not covered by their insurance, and we were able to pay for them. Uh, sometimes special equipment that is not covered by insurance. So if anyone has that need, I would encourage them to call the Grand Lodge, and then we could see if they qualify for that. And let's let's give uh, the public the number of the Grand Lodge. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, because we didn't have the Helen Keller campaign this year, we donated $5,000 that went toward computers because the children will be learning remotely. So we were able to buy five uh, special computers to be handed out to, to the children. So in some small way, we wanted to keep uh, our affiliation and be able to help. Are you aware by any chance of the advances that are being made um, in the field of, you know, blind children? Are there any success yeah, uh, stories? Well, it, it all depends on the particular disability, but there are a lot of different things now. Uh, they're catching the uh, illnesses a lot sooner. Parents are more aware of getting the child visually checked. Uh, the pediatricians are more observant as to uh, when they uh, evaluate a child, their gaze, their eye tracking. So a lot of things have changed throughout the years, which are really positive. Mm-hmm. And so special lenses, uh, also the training with the, they're training the children younger uh, through the therapy programs and occupational therapy is one of the therapies involved because they have uh, better learning uh, intervention now, the uh, early intervention programs. So there, so there is hope for a child. Absolutely, that, absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, what a wonderful thing, okay. Uh, I was just wondering, and other organizations usually uh, have poster, you know, they have a poster child, much like the Muscular Dystrophy Association did it. By any chance, do you have a poster child, or do you consider... We don't. No. Uh, 
Uh, but and throughout the years, we have had several veterans that um, were chosen as an honoree. Uh, during our um, annual luncheon, we have two honorees usually. One is a Banco Award, uh, which is we honor a, a doctor, uh, usually an ophthalmologist, that has done you know a major advancement in, in the field of vision, and also a humanitarian award. And for years, we have selected a, one particular veteran, and sometimes they go up to the convention, and mm-hmm. then, then you know he has we've been able to distribute uh, information on him and his picture. Recently, we have not had a veteran uh, for that. Oh, okay. You saw me something interesting. Um, that you said some of the children were from Italy at one point. Well, a long time ago, the sons of Italy were involved with a program where the uh, uh, children came from Italy and they came for special surgeries here in New York. And they were literally, uh, uh, the sons of Italy had members sponsor them here and they would have them in their own homes and take them to their appointments and see them through their surgeries. But as things uh, changed in Italy, that program kind of just dissolved because the specialists in Italy were now able to tend to the needs of uh, that particular population. Are, um, are you in touch with the surgeons by any chance? Do they play a part in all of this? I, we do have a medical advisor. Okay. His name is Dr. Bacotti, and he's from the OCLI. And we have had uh, uh, physicians go to the different lodges and speak on, uh, because our, our, our population is a little bit older. They've given lectures on macular degeneration, glaucoma, you know, diabetic retinopathy, uh, retinopathy, different uh, things that the uh, population should be aware of, changes in their vision so that they could go and get it, get it taken care of early. Uh-huh. So this, I would say this is an all-encompassing um, job, so to speak, for you. I mean... Well, uh, I call different schools to see if they have a need for funding. We also help out with... Uh, there is a doctor who is, uh, has a program... Um, and she goes to uh, different places in sometimes Ecuador, uh, Central America. She also has a program uh, where they go to the uh, Indian reservations here in this country, and they do surgeries and they hand out glasses, and the Sons of Italy also collect glasses to be able to donate to uh, Mm -hmm. as needed whenever uh, these... uh, you know, their group goes. Unfortunately, again, because of the pandemic, uh, they weren't able to go uh, this year. And she's actually invited me to, to attend uh, and go with them next year, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, do you have outside donors? By any yes, chance? some of them. Uh, we don't have any corporate donations, but uh, thankfully my husband has a huge network uh, in his business and friends, personal friends, who have been very generous to us. Mm-hmm. Well, so that, for that, we're very grateful. From a personal standpoint, what would you like to see in the future? I mean, I think you're doing a yeoman's job, but are other other aspects? Well, I would love to be able to, to have everything that a child or, or an adult needs covered by insurance so that they don't have, so that they're not lacking in anything. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the simplest thing um, is not covered. So 
So hopefully that the visual issues are addressed, like like I was saying, they were addressed a little bit earlier now, and so the vision is saved, the surgeries have improved, but that we could, so that everyone can, can really uh, um, benefit from having everything that they need. So are you saying that parents of a, chi- um, a blind child they are not covered by insurance. No, no. Many, um, most insurances cover. They do. Uh, you know, most of the things, but sometimes it isn't. Uh-huh. Like this particular child who was about ten months old, uh, their insurance did not cover um, these particular glasses, and some people are not insured at all. Oh my! And, uh, they they call us, and then we're able to assist with that. But uh- it's, you know, just so that uh, people have the availability. Uh, to be able to receive whatever is necessary for their particular condition. Uh, is it? Uh, let's say a parent has a, a blind child. How do they actually get that child into the Helen Keller Center? Well, they would have to call. There are other schools. There's one in the Bronx also. Uh, they would have to call directly to mm-hmm. the Helen Keller Center okay. and, or the Vision Center. Uh-huh. And there, uh, you could Google. There are a lot of different organizations that provide assistance uh, and uh, the, the schooling for children that are totally blind. And to your mind, do you think that the assistance is adequate or would you like to see uh, something more? In your opinion, well, I think that not every unit, not not every program has the uh, in-depth issues. You know, uh, uh, the availability of the specialists. But again, that depends on the location where you are uh, in different parts of the country, even distance. You know, they're they're not in all the all the smaller towns and. And uh, people in the bigger cities benefit from that because mm-hmm. you have uh, the larger programs are, are there. And then sometimes the families aren't able to take the child because they just can't afford to get to those right. centers. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, um, I said before, what would you like to see in the future? I think we addressed that, correct? Yeah. I think you I answered that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, um, this gift of sight. He's been on for 20 years. Oh, yes, that was my thought. I'm sorry. Um, This could be a very depressing environment. How do you you go on doing that? What motivates you? Well, one, as an occupational therapist, I worked with with the blind population. But personally, my brother had uh, to have an eye removed when he was 21. Oh, dear. And he, as a baby, he always, uh, he had a lot of difficulty with vision because uh, at that time, uh, they didn't know, he had to, he was born prematurely and they didn't cover his eyes uh, when he was uh, under the the lights to uh, decrease the uh, joint body, and that created issues. And so I've always kind of been touched by people that had some type of visual uh, impairment. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know, I just, I see it as gratifying that when, I, when we look at the children and see the, their level of independence and uh, people that are totally blind are able to marry and they go, uh, they travel the city, they live anywhere uh, where there is public transportation. I would like to see that enhanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you have to do is have the motivation to be as independent as possible. Right, right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Do you ever see the gift of sight uh, conducting a telethon, much like Jerry Jerry Lewis did with muscular dystrophy? I don't know. 
we get to that level, I mean, I would, you know, that, that sounds very interesting. No one has ever approached me with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our programs, we've been able to, you know, we don't have a tremendous amount of money. But we were able to, we've been able to give iPads to the uh, Northport veterans uh, to be used. Oh. And, um, uh, uh, you know, their, their visual program. Uh, and we also donate monies to the Long Island Bombers Beep Baseball, uh-huh. uh, which is run by a gentleman called Ted Fast, who is also blind. Uh, and they, they are a, they're, they're actually based on Long Island, and they play baseball uh, with a ball that emits a sound that sounds like a beep. So yes, yes. Baseball, and it's, that's truly something to watch. Uh, they, they listen for the ball, and they hit the ball with the sound, so again, these are gentlemen that that are adults and 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 you know want to play the sport and and they can. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And we also have a scholarship grant that we give yearly to a child that is uh, visually impaired, and that's through the uh, Gift of Sight Committee. And uh, and like I say, we uh, we also donate money to the National uh, Education and Leadership Award dinner, which is in Washington. We donate a table so that we have blind veterans attend. So mm-hmm. those are veterans that were visually impaired through the war, and they're able to go to that dinner because we donate that table to them. Okay, so how much of your time is uh, dedicated to the gift of sight? You know, it's a little bit more difficult because I can't re- go out and, 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 and speak to people and, and go to the different uh, schools and all. But um, it's just something I love. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. And you, I mean, like you said, there are success stories. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, we certainly need a success story. You know, now, thank God that it's as, as devastating a news it is if you have a, a child that, that is visually impaired, uh, you just have to work with the parents and, and work with the system, the therapists, the doctors, to make that child as independent as possible, but they could have a very good quality of life. Right, right. Well, Mary, I think we touched upon uh, a lot here. Uh, I'm sure that there's much more, but I think we've covered everything. And I must say, you certainly have, you have done a yeoman's job. We know that. We all respect you for that. Thank you. And we cheer you on. We really do. And thank you for for having me. Oh, uh, no. You know what? Let me give you the Grand Lodge number. Yes, please. Has any questions or if I can assist them in any way. But we uh, might. Here's the number. All right. uh, Let, let. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Could you repeat that, please? Because I interrupted you. I beg your pardon. 516-785-4623. And we must... The New York State Grand Lodge office. And I must add that due to the COVID-19, nobody is in the office, but all you have to do is leave a message and they will get back to you. They're actually starting to go, uh, uh, they go a few times a week. Okay, good. And I can get correspondence uh, through them. Oh, very good. Well, Mary, this has been so enlightening and so educational. Uh, I know that there are people out there that are really going to relate to this. And so... Again, if they want to enroll their child in Helen Keller Center, they just simply call the number, correct? Yes, I don't know what the criteria is, uh, but uh, certainly that would be what I would do. All right, very good. 
Well, Mary, thank you so much. Thank you. So much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, really? And uh, avanti, as they say. <laughs> avanti, yes. Okay. Well, have a good day. Bye-bye. Well, thank you. You too. Ciao. Ciao. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you found that very, very informative. She's a lovely lady. She's been doing this so much for 20 years. Just think of it. But she's involved in good works. And so many of us out there looking for something to do during COVID, get involved. Become a volunteer. You are needed. Yes, and we all need to be needed. Isn't that true? Well... We'll go on to something else now. Magical Venice, which has always been plagued by floods, well, perhaps no more. The long-awaited flood defense system designed to protect the city from future flooding, successively, they have overcome that barrier. Um, Four barriers that were tested proved to be positive. So, and this particular project has been underway since 2003. I mean, that city, I hope, will go on forever. It's, as I said, it's magical. It's very special. It's my personal favorite in all of Italy. No matter what region I've been to, I always go back to Venice. Well, an ugly tourist. Can you imagine? There's this wonderful sculpture, sculpture by Antonio Canova. It's in a museum near Treviso. And apparently this, um, this particular tourist, he was taking pictures of, his, of himself, and as he got up, he slipped and damaged the artwork, and then he walked away without saying anything. Well, they caught up with him. He admitted what he had done, and he said he's willing to pay damages. So the particular case has been forwarded to criminal prosecutors in Treviso. So, like I'm saying, don't be an ugly American when you go to Italy. Respect all the artifacts. They've been there for centuries, and they need to be there centuries more. Okay? Well, that's it for today. You know, you can tune in every Sunday, and you have a new episode. We'll do that. But in the meantime, wishing all of you tante belle cose. Ciao!